and welcome back. Current time is now 9 a.m. on the nose on this Wednesday, the 30th of December. And we're so very pleased that you're with us for Community Pulse, your locally produced program on the coronavirus pandemic here in mid-Missouri. Community Pulse, you can catch live uh, Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. If you happen to miss an episode, no worries. We upload the backdated episodes to our website, kopn.org, also our Facebook profile, and you can even find them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. On today's program, we're so very pleased to welcome Darren Jackson. He is an emergency medical physician who serves on the board of GS Labs, and he will be interviewed by public health advocate Ginny Chadwick about a testing regime that we have here in Columbia, Missouri. So first and foremost, uh, Dr. Jackson, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, Thanks. I appreciate being here. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Jackson. As we um, have been reporting now for a month, Peter, and you might know, I heard uh, on the show on Monday, we've produced over 140 episodes of our local COVID-19 show for here in Missouri and for our listeners. But, you know, we first started reporting on this back in early March, and now, um, you know, this is really the end of the year show for um, <clears throat> COVID-19 and um, the coronavirus here in Missouri. So reflecting on where we are right now and where we've come in these many months, we have 82 million cases globally that have been reported um, so far this year with over 1.1 million deaths across the globe. Um, when we look at cases here in the United States, we have one, uh, 19.5 million cases with over 338,000 deaths in the U.S. And we often... Um, Dr. Jackson report, we have just a a lay person in the state of Missouri um, who reports on COVID-19. I don't know if you follow him, but Matthew Holloway and his data is what we look towards. So I want to look at um, both his report for um, the, the, the previous time period of Christmas break because he did take a break and he doesn't normally um, take many breaks. But um, so looking at the data from uh, December the 24th through December the 28th, Missouri reported over 10,000 cases and 116 deaths in that period of time. And then um, last night he reported an additional 3,884 cases identified in the state of Missouri with additional 50 eight deaths. So that brings our case total here on December the 30th to 419,970 cases that have been identified um, in the state of Missouri, according to Matthew Holloway's reporting. Um, and then our our death rate, um, we have 6,249 Missourians who have been identified of um, dying from COVID-19 since the pandemic began. Um, Boone County Health Department um, also took a break over the holiday and is reporting again now. And so um, on the 28th, um, they reported uh, that on Saturday we had 98 cases and on Sunday we had 57 cases of COVID-19. Um, yesterday they are reporting now um, over 100 to so 118 cases identified yesterday in um, Boone wow. County. So, 
numbers just continue, right? We're a county with a population, Boone County, of about 150,000. Um, we have a really high um, positivity rate. So our positivity rate in Boone County right now is 30.3%, and that is actually a decrease um, where we hit our high of 37 percent um, just at the beginning of December. So we know that there's broad community spread. For the listeners, what do you know about positivity rate, um, Dr. Jackson? Well, I mean, I, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head for Boone County, um, but and we've got 13 locations now. And they seem to be, and I mean, there's, you know, there's obviously selection. Yeah, and not for just your locations, see. but can you tell our listeners, what, what is a positivity rate? What does that mean? So why, why is it a number that we look at? Well, I mean, it's the, the amount of people that are positive, they get tested, you know. And, uh, but, it's, I mean, there's, obvious, there's a selection bias that's built into that data, no matter, no matter what, because it's not just random where they're just taking people off the street and testing them. It's people that have been exposed or have symptoms. So you, you're clearly going to have a higher percentage in that group versus someone that's just randomly grabbed depending on, on who they, who they grabbed to be tested. So, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a objective figure um, mm-hmm. that the epidemiologists can follow. I mean, you, you don't really have anything better um, as far as a statistic to kind of just uh, grade the community and the infection rate. Right. And so in, in looking at like just for some real clarity for our listeners, and I know we've covered this before, but John Hopkins uh, says, you know, you take the positive cases by the total number of tests, take that times 100%, and then you're getting your positivity rate. And so the World Health Organization says a a positivity rate above 5% means that there's high transmission within the community and that there's people in your community that have not been tested that do have um, the coronavirus. And so the that's where you see widespread infection. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where we come to the importance of testing. We know in Boone County, um, with a 30% positivity rate, we are under testing. And so can you just briefly tell our listeners, what is GS Labs? And then next, what tests do you do to identify COVID-19? Well, I mean, GS Labs originally uh, uh, was our in-house lab at my uh, hormone clinic and up here in Omaha, and we saw a great demand for more testing in our own community, and, and, you know, one of my partners had actually gotten tested locally, and it was kind of a mess, you know, and we thought, well, we can do better than that. Our community needs the service, and so we started doing uh, testing at our, our one location, and within a week, uh, went from, you know, about 60 patients a day to, you know, four or 500 and were completely overwhelmed and thought, wow, we were onto something here. And, uh, and from there it's grown. And GS Labs is, uh, I mean, it's clear certified lab in, you know, uh, the, the testing that we're doing are the rapid tests. We have a rapid antigen uh, called uh, from the access bio or called care start rapid antigen. And then we have a, a finger stick antibody that checks for um, IgM and IgG antibodies. And it's from Assure is the company there. <clears throat> We've uh, done some PCR testing um, where we were collecting uh, initially saliva samples and then uh, switched to some nasopharyngeal. But it's uh, it's just so hard to meet the demand uh, to get uh, 
even remotely, quote, rapid result, meaning within days for the PCR that he was just overwhelmed. So we weren't able to uh, really uh, uh, provide the best service, at least logistically right now. We're working on improving that so that we can get uh, PCRs for those that test negative on their rapid antigen uh, in a more timely manner. So let's take a step back and and explain to our listeners. Okay, so you just stated three different tests that um, GS Labs is conducting. So the COVID PCR test, which is the test that, to be clear, uh, Matthew Holloway is reporting positive tests that are PCR tests. So um, in our state, we have not seen consistent data reporting the rapid antigen positive test. So can you explain to our listeners what does the PCR test, what does that PCR stand for? What, did, what is it testing for? It's a polymerase chain reaction. It's actually looking for genetic material from the virus, whereas their antigens are looking for a protein that's on the virus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we talk about the protein, that's that the spiky thing that the listeners... The spike protein, yeah. And that's what the, yeah. the, the vaccine is kind of replicating. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we're all aware of those red spiky things that stick out and that um, yep. the, the, the vaccine is, is replicating those um, spiky things. So that's the antigen test. It's testing for the protein. Um, Correct. So are these, are, is both the PCR, and it sounds like you at one point in time did have the saliva test, but yes. you have now switched to the nasal swab for the PCR? Right. Okay. Yes. Um so I'm curious, like, can we talk a little bit about that? Because I've heard um, community members say, I don't want to stick that thing in my nose. Yeah, nobody if does. If I do the saliva <laughs> test, I'll do it. But and yeah. even parents of kids that maybe have been exposed at preschool that don't want to do the nasal swab, um, but they're willing to do the um, the saliva test, but to our knowledge, and, you know, I, I thought that GS Labs might be offering it, to our knowledge, that's not available in our community. So help to explain to the listeners why. The reason we stopped using the, the saliva test wasn't really anything with the test itself. I mean, it's, actually, it's, it's very accurate. It's very easy to do. Uh, for us, it was a logistical nightmare with the, uh, the lab that we were working with, and um, it, was just, it was just too much. Um, so we have some uh, some hurdles to jump through still to get the logistical side of things to where it's efficient. Um, and so it wasn't anything about the saliva test itself that made a switch. I much prefer the saliva test. I did one. I went to a Chiefs game and had to do a uh, saliva test, and it was it was slick. Um, you know, spit in the little tube a few times, put it in the mail, and, and you go. I mean, it's it's real easy. There's you know there's no anxiety with that. You know, whether or not you can get a, a two-year-old to spit in a tube, I, I don't know, you know. Um, but that's, that's the main reason we switched. It wasn't have anything to do with the, the accuracy, the testing, that kind of stuff. I actually prefer the saliva test personally. Which, and I think that many people um, in our listening area would prefer the saliva test. And so it is a true barrier, I think, um, both, you know, maybe emotionally and, you know, access physically to, to people wanting to get tested. To well, not I'll, have I'll that tell adoption. you this, too. So we did um, initially on one of our rapid antigens, we were using a, a machine called a BD Verador, and it uh, doesn't require that deep swab. It's an anterior uh, nasal swab, kind of like the flu swab, right? It doesn't go very deep. Mm-hmm. 
but I answered more complaints from people because they would get a negative result and they were convinced that we did the test wrong because we didn't go deep. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So it's like people are expecting to get the, the deep swab, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there's a lot of confirmation bias out there that if, you know, someone's convinced they have it and they test negative, then they, they, they bash the, the test itself. And it's like, no, I mean, there's many reasons why it can be negative, one of which could be because you don't have it. The other one is you can be testing too early. You know, maybe the, the swab technique was, was uh, incorrect as well. And we find that with the deep swabs too, you know, it's uncomfortable. And if the person that's doing the swabbing is uncomfortable with the person being uncomfortable, maybe they're not going to get a good sample. You know, maybe they're going to be a little bit too timid. And so there's a, there's a lot of factors that go into um, why there may be a false negative. You know, typically we don't see a lot of false positives. Um, but I mean, you know, and I, I read a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, a lot of the Facebook epidemiologists out there, you know, bashing on the rapid test, saying they're like 40 percent accurate. And I'm like, come on. Do we really think the FDA would, you know, give a, a authorization on something that's that bad? You know, they're they're typically upper 80s as far as the sensitivity slash accuracy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, while we were doing those uh, saliva PCRs. Um, that the test we're doing, our rapid antigen, the sensitivity they, the manufacturer reports is 88.37 percent or some change like that. And um, we were okay. So for our off. listeners, we're hopping between two tests, so I want to make sure it's clear. Oh, so sorry. there's the COVID. No, it's okay. There's the COVID PCR test, which is detecting um, the. It's it's looking for the genetic material, and you it, that is a nasal swab and. You guys send that to the lab, and it normally takes days, correct, to get correct. The up. Correct, yeah, several days but usually, it, yeah. It is the most accurate test we have out there. Um, so, But there is the rapid antigen test, and that is detecting the proteins, the spike proteins. And with that rapid antigen test, it is also a nasal swab. It does have to go up high in your nose. But talk about, like, how quickly you get your results back from the rapid antigen test. Well, ours, really, it's 10 minutes from the time we, we process the test is when we have the results. And uh, we, we, our, our goal is to get people the results within 20 to 30 minutes, um, depending on, you know, how busy things are. You know, sometimes we don't always meet that goal, but it's typically within an hour that people are getting the results. And so that's helpful, you know. Um, however, you know, some people will misinterpret the fact that, uh, you know, I've got a negative test so I can go out and about. It's like, well... You know, not if you're symptomatic, you know, you should still be quarantining. Uh, even if you've had a significant um, uh, exposure, you should still probably quarantine uh, and, and maybe consider getting uh, retested or getting the PCR, the more accurate test, um, depending on what your risk level is mm-hmm. to, to get so, that answer you're looking for. Right. And, you know, for our listeners, if you have been directly exposed to a positive case of COVID-19, then you need to quarantine for 14 days in Boone County. Um, you can leave quarantine early if you test after, um, if you test by day five um, at you and get a negative test result back by day seven. Um, the CDC does say that you could end quarantine early, um, but, you know, we know that the antigen test, it comes back fast. It has, you know, a, a slight bit less 
um, accuracy level than the PCR. So if you are symptomatic, then it's sounding like you are recommending that you follow that up with a PCR test. Correct. And and that's what we did. And what I was going to say was, you know, like I said, our our test is 88% sensitive or accurate, which means, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have uh, 12% of the time you're going to get a false negative. And when we were looking at our own data, um, the positivity rate on the PCRs that we ordered was right around that 11 to 12 percent. Um, so it kind of filled in the gap where the antigen kind of uh, um, didn't do the, 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 the full, full workload there. So, yeah, I, you know, I think it's best to have a system where you can have a follow-up PCR on a negative antigen in the right person. And uh, just for the most accuracy, you know, it's no different than when people get a rapid strep test and it's negative, and then you know we send a culture off, just a little bit more accurate, um, just for that uh, that uh, that backup test. So okay. uh, ultimately, that's that's where we're headed uh, as, as a company, trying to get back to where we're doing the follow-up PCRs. Uh, we're just uh, trying to uh, uh, make our process better so that our results are much quicker. Uh, than what they were, you know, it was taking several days, and that doesn't really help people. You know, if if if, you, if it's taking you longer to get your result than your quarantine would have been, I mean, how how good is yeah. the result? You know, so right, and you never knew you had it when you had it, and and then there is that, like you know, somebody didn't have access to this test or didn't know how to get access during the time mm-hmm. that they think that they were symptomatic or would the test would be positive. So you guys have the rapid antibody test. Tell us about that. So the, the antibody test we have checks for two of them. One's called IgM and the other one's called IgG. IgM typically shows up sooner, but it doesn't hang around as long as IgG. IgG takes a little bit longer to show up, and it will hang out weeks to months, you know, and nobody's really going to commit yet to what exactly it means, right? Mm-hmm. And so the way... We kind of use it as just one more piece of data for your your doc to to have and to kind of piece the puzzle together of, you know, A, did you have it? And B, when did you have it? And, um, you know, you can see IgM form, you know, as soon as 48 hours. It's typically more five days to seven days after exposure. And then IgM, IgG, I'm sorry, follows a few days later. And, you know, the IgM will stick around you know, a week or two, maybe three weeks, and then it goes away. So if somebody um, got IgM and or IgM alone, you know, that's sooner than someone that's got IG, that has IgM and IgG. And then if someone that only has IgG, you know, they're further down the road than someone that only has IgM. So it's just, it's not specific enough to where you can really point a finger at, yeah, you were infected, you know, on last mm-hmm. Tuesday or that kind of stuff, you know. And nobody right. will really can commit to say, oh, if you have IgM, you're, you know, you're infectious either. You know, you could be, you know, but it's it's not it's not definite. So it's it's confusing, um, you know. And we we offer that, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, that we're seeing, you know, swore they had it, you know, you know, several weeks ago or months ago, and and and, and you know, they'll have IgG antibodies, and it's like, yeah, it looks like you probably did, um, you know, but. Nobody knows what to do with that information specifically. And, you know, and I imagine the antibody testing is going to be more and more in demand now that the vaccine's out there where people are going to try to see if they have antibodies. You know, what are they going to do with that information? I guess time's going to tell what it all means as further studies come out. Right. And at this point, we are recommending that anybody had 
um, what's CDC, I should not say we, the CDC is recommending that anybody who has had COVID-19 does not have it actively is still vaccinated. So our medical providers who have, you know, tested positive for COVID-19 in the past, you know, we often hear people say, well, I think I had it back in February. Um, Will that antibody test detect IgG, as you say, sticks around for some period of time? If it was months away, you know, ago, like when, at the beginning of this pandemic, I'm pre- I got sick. I'm pretty sure I had it. Is this antibody mm-hmm. test still going to capture that? I mean, it can. Again, it, it's like, what does it mean if it doesn't? Does it mean it didn't mm-hmm. have it? We don't know because maybe it, your IgG is gone, right? If you, if if it's there, sure. You know, there is definitely possible to be there. Um, it's certainly possible that it isn't, even though you still had it. And so that's where um, there's just it's so new that we just don't know specifically um, exactly how long the IgG sticks around and what it means. Okay, so in Boone County, for the most part, um, to get a test, you need a doctor's order. Um, Not universally in all testing sites, but in a lot of testing sites. Tell us the way that that GS Labs is doing testing. Well, we we have a physician license in every state. That's our ordering physician. And they're screening questions. So in order for um, someone to file with their insurance company, it's got to be, quote, medically necessary. And the criteria for that is, A, symptomatic or been exposed and ordered by a physician. And so through the the check-in process, if those uh, criteria are met, then then we can run it through insurance. We have a standing order um, for the for the patients that if they have, you know, the criteria, then they will be they will be ordered under the, the, the physician we have for that state. Okay, so there needs to be exposure or symptomatic, and right. then they go online um, and and fill pick the, out the location, form. pick their appointment time, fill out the consent form, put in their insurance information, um, their their personal information, answer some questions. You show up. And so where is GS Labs located in Columbia, Missouri? So let me give you this. It's 2541 Broadway Bluffs Drive. Right. And so for our listeners, that's out by the Conley, Hy-Vee, and Walmart, um, kind of behind um, Chipotle um, in the old, um, oh, it was a restaurant that I am failing to remember the name of right now. I want to say hula hands, but do not quote me on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a restaurant in the the building that is in it directly behind Chipotle. That um, so people drive, they go online, they book an appointment. How soon can they get an appointment? When oh, I'm same clicking day. on, we're same day. They, we're we're twelve hours a day every day. Um, I mean, I think we had to close yesterday here in Omaha due to snow for a few hours, but um, it's it's every day. And uh, we have same-day appointments available um, every day. It's not that hard. I mean, there's probably an appointment every three minutes. Yeah. When I hit the book now um, on the time slots available, the next time slot is at 10, um, 24 this morning. So it's it's very readily accessible. Um, when I first looked at the website, there was no fee, but there is a $49 fee. Can you explain yeah. how you guys are billing? Yeah, that's uh, that's a point of contention for a lot of people. But 
it's one of the things that um, is allowing us to stay afloat. I mean, this is we're a privately uh, privately owned business and we're privately funded, mm-hmm. and uh, insurance companies are very very slow to play to pay, and uh, it's kind of a, a game we play between uh, uh, clinics and insurance companies, and uh, they're not in the business to lose money. Uh, we're not in the business to lose money either, yep. and it, it's the overhead for us to stay open is uh, astronomical, and so this admin fee allows us to stay afloat and um, bring more and more locations um, to other communities. So I think we've got 13 now. We've got 10 more in the works. So um, it's it's certainly not a money grab. It, you know, we could we could not charge it and then limit you know we'd be limited to the number of locations we have and uh and it it just allows us um to uh to expand and, and know that at least we're going to meet our overhead you know while we're waiting the weeks uh for the insurance companies to pay so there's a 49 dollars fee if you have insurance Correct. um you guys do not accept medicaid or medicare or tricare there Correct. is if you're uninsured it, the tests are running about three hundred and eighty dollars. Is that correct? That's yes, but there's a there's a program um, to where you can get that fee um, decreased, and I have not worked through that on the on the website, so I can't tell you firsthand how it works. But it's definitely um, gets down into the low one hundred range. Yeah, I was going to say, best based on the criteria, it looks like you know if you're making less than two thousand dollars a month, there's other criteria yeah. that if you can meet. Yeah, it's kind of like a hardship you, thing. That's like I think it gets down to like one hundred and nine if you, if you meet all the criteria. So yeah, I was going to say it's a seventy percent off fee. So there is a fee for testing. What are you guys' hours? Uh, you said you're open every day, so like I that. Eight, I think it's eight to eight in the, in Columbia. Okay, and that's something we didn't have testing on Sundays prior to this. So now oh, we're seven days a week. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that there's there's a there is a place on Sunday now, which you know for our listeners we have always said you know there's there's no testing on Sunday, which is why our our numbers are off on certain days. We always had a low number on Sunday, um, yeah. even though there was numbers because those were positive tests that were coming in from Saturday. How are you guys reporting your positive tests to? Uh, health authorities so that we every capture day, these tests as well. Every day um, there's a spreadsheet that's completed for uh, the counties and the states, and they get sent in. Uh, some counties are different. You know, some just want positives. Some want both, and, uh, um, and we send that in every day. And do you know for Boone County if you're reporting um, both the antigen and the PCR positive tests? The the PCRs, yeah. So the PCRs would get any positive, uh, whether it's antigen or PCR, would get reported. Uh, antibodies uh, don't necessarily, you know, a lot of them don't necessarily want want those results because they don't know what to do with them. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely the antigens and the PCRs would get reported. Okay. So there are other options that I just want our listeners to be aware of in Boone County that people can get tested at. So Boone Hospital Center obviously offers um, testing. You do need a doctor's order. The testing is available from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday and 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Saturday. Um, They are located in the doctor's building at uh, 1504 East Broadway. Um, We have MU Healthcare offering tests. They are open um, 
from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 8 to noon on Saturday. Um, and they are located at Mizzou North, which is on the business loop. Um, the National Guard is offering testing at Memorial Baptist Church from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's no doctor's order required for that. And you go um, to, to sign up for that, you go to www.doineedacovid19test.com. Um, and we will make sure that Peter gets all of these links um, up on our website. And then Hy-Vee, and I actually went to Hy-Vee this morning and got a free COVID-19 test there. They do drive-through in the morning. You have to book several days in advance. So I think I booked on Saturday. It is now Wednesday. The soonest I could get into Hy-Vee was um, five days later, and I will get my results back sometime between two and five days. So it is not rapid at all. Um, it is free um, Tuesday and Thursday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And so very short window of time and Saturdays from 8 to 10. So what I think is really interesting about GS Labs and the model that you guys are using is that you have extended available hours and you can get the results quickly. Any last things that you would want our listeners to know about GS Labs before we wrap up today, Dr. Jackson? No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the, the exact reason we, we got into this is the stuff you're experiencing in your own community. There weren't extended hours. There weren't weekend hours. There weren't holiday hours. And, and that's, that's the, the difference that we bring. You know, all the tests are accurate. I want everyone to know every test out there is accurate. Now, they all have limitations, um, and I encourage um, everyone to, to kind of measure their risk and um and get tested you know and they don't have to go to gs labs obviously we're biased we think we're the best but um but you know it's it's the convenience factor is out there people want a peace of mind and you know a lot of times you can't wait several days and so that's what our goal is is to have the rapid results have them accurate have you know top-notch uh, nurses um doing the testing and and getting people the results quickly so no i mean um we're happy to be down there in your community, and uh, like I said, we're we're at 13 different locations. We got 10 more uh, on the on the the board to open up here in the next several weeks, and uh, we're uh, I'll be down there in Columbia probably Monday or Tuesday checking things out, and I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Dr. Darren Jackson from GS Labs, board member. Back to you in the studio, Peter. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you so kindly, Ginny, and also thank you to Dr. Darren Jackson, who was kind enough to join us this morning. Dr. Jackson is a board-certified emergency physician. He's been practicing for 26 years, and he's currently of GS Labs, uh, which has a branch here in Columbia, which offers testing. As Ginny was saying, we are going to be so very pleased to post links to testing uh, up on our website along with this episode a little bit later today. Something that was not uh, quite prevalent at the beginning of this pandemic uh, is now you have so many, so many options for testing. It's, it's so very important, just as important as staying safe and staying informed. And on that note, we wish you a pleasant weekend and also uh, have a very happy new year. We'll be coming to you once again in 2021, this coming Monday. Until then, we bid you once again a pleasant weekend. Please stay safe and stay informed. Columbia 51% is coming up next.